Wake Up World. You are now tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I'm your host, Devon Pouncey. I'm here at the Pac West Center in downtown Portland, which is also the home of 102.9 and 750 The Game. Be sure to subscribe to the Wake Up and Win podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud at Wake Up and Win with Devon Pouncey. We will be right there, and we're glad to be back here with you this week. I got Rodney back in the place to be. What's going on, Rod? What's going on, Pounce? I'm, I'm glad to be back. Indeed, indeed. So we we got some stuff to talk about today. Uh, we'll, we'll follow up uh, our last episode. We talked about some of the fight politics of Mayweather and McGregor, and we'll get back into that. Um, you know, we got all this gossip going on in the NBA right now. You got Kyrie and LeBron drama. We'll get into some of that. But I want to start with the youngsters. And this is pretty near and dear to me because growing up, I've played basketball. I've played travel ball. I've, I've played sports all my entire life. And we just seen something this week that to me was arguably historic. I've never seen this many people come to watch some kids play, some high schoolers play in an AAU game, play in an AAU game. So... We're talking about LaMelo Ball and the boy Zion. Zion's a beast, by the way. He he can't be. How old is he? 16, 17? Yeah, he, he's about 16, 17. Yeah, that's a grown man. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a hog. So Zion Williamson, he's a top prospect in the country in high school basketball. We all know the drama of LeVar Ball and how crazy he is. And his kids are also elite players as well. You got, you know, Lonzo doing his thing with the Lakers now. Leangelo riding in Bentleys or whatever it is. He, what kind of car he get? He, he got something. Rolls Royce. Rolls Royce, Bentley, something foreign or something out there. So Leangelo is on his way to UCLA in a Bentley in some kind of crazy expensive car, which I ain't hating. I ain't mad at all. Yeah, do your thing. Do your blood. thing. Do your thing. <laughs> I, I ain't mad at you, not even a little bit. But that's what he's doing, though. And then we got the youngster, LaMelo. And LaMelo is still in high school. He's still got a couple years left of high school. Really good basketball player. Can really I score mean, the ball. He can score it. He can handle it. He's really skilled, a really skilled player. And so the, him and Zion Williamson, who's like a freakish young high school athlete, he's got the top schools in the nation coming after him. He hasn't decided uh, LaMelo will follow up in his brother's in his, both of his brother's footsteps and go to UCLA when it's all said and done for him at Chino Hills. But these two played in the game uh, just yesterday. It was yesterday. Just yesterday they played in the game, and they played in the AAU game in Las Vegas. And, Rodney, you and I both know about the AAU circuit in Las Vegas. We grew up. We went and played every year in the Vegas tournaments. Uh, best memories. Best memories. And around this time of the year, every year, Las Vegas is lit. Full of AAU teams and full of kids going out there and playing. It's also lit with full of kids' parents out there getting drunk and gambling because they got an easy excuse. <laughs> uh, it's also yeah, coaches, too. Don't think coaches are exempt. And don't think some of these kids ain't exempt, too. Oh, cause, yeah. Because yeah. cause we used to have a lot of fun in oh, our day. We back figured in it out. <laughs> We used to. Have. We can't tell. We can't tell them what happened. Yeah, we ain't gonna. We ain't gonna tell no secrets. We ain't gonna. We ain't gonna let them all the way in. But just know, we know. You know what I mean? The, we the, know the youngsters ain't safe out there either. They out there having a good time as we did when we used to go play in Las Vegas in high school every year, and there was a bunch of AAU teams around, and everybody was trying to get into something. So, with that being said, this game had thousands of people. Like, like. 
crazy thousands of people that came. They actually almost canceled the game because there was too many people there. Crazy. Like the yeah. police had to clear it. They had to clear it for them to be able to play. Right. Matter of fact, LeBron James was going to go to the game and he chose to pass it up because of security reasons. Exactly. He wanted to be front row, front center at the game and he didn't do it because it was just too many people in there. He thought the game wasn't going to be played and LeBron wasn't going to go through all of that hassle to go watch no kids play basketball. Yeah, not, That's the basketball not. player in the world. So LeBron decides not to go. Now, what interests me more than anything is not the fact that these kids are bringing in this amount of people. Like I said, we already know the popularity of LeVar Ball and the Ball family. If you're in the high school sports, still in high school basketball, still. And if you're not, just go YouTube Zion Williamson and just watch how crazy good he is. He's a better dunker than, I think. Everybody in the NBA, bro. He's crazy. On, on I like, mean, seriously. Yeah, like, he, like he's crazy good. Like, his highlights, his highlight reels absolutely make no sense for a kid to be in high school doing the stuff that he's doing. But it's more so about the circuit, and I'm interested in it because we played a lot of AAU ball. And I credit AAU ball for my ability to be able to play basketball, you know what I mean, up until the level you play college ball. I play college ball. We both, you know what I mean, play at least past high school, which is which don't get it twisted. It's hard to play basketball. It's hard for a lot of people to play high school basketball in itself. Right. And we, we were both fortunate enough to play college ball, so I, that's something I'll always be grateful for. But I attribute a lot of that to AAU basketball. And you hear time and time again people are saying how AAU basketball is messing up the game and uh, just – how the game has changed because of AAU ball. I personally don't agree with that. I, I don't either. I don't agree with that. Uh, first of all, tell me why you don't agree with it. I don't agree with it because from my personal experience, um, I thought I was really good in seventh grade. I thought I was really, really good. And we went to Vegas for the first time. That was my first time going to Vegas for AAU. Right. And we played Houston Hoops, who just put it on us by like forty points. And that let I was me there. know. Yeah, he was there. <laughs> I was there. That let We're on me the same know. Team. We was on the same team. That let me know though that I have to get better. I have to work on my game. This is what's out there. Yeah. This, this is what I have to expect when I play. When I want to go to the next level as far as basketball. So it gave me the mindset and the experience that there's players out there that are freakishly good. Right. And and I remember that experience. I, we obviously were on the same team. That was our first year going. We always played NJB, National Junior Basketball. Some some of you may or may not know. And it's 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 a very good youth basketball league. I also give NJB a lot of credit for what it was that I was able to do because that's where I got my start as a basketball player. And that was my first time being able to travel playing ball. Although I was already from California, I was from the Bay Area. Every year, I was able to make the all-star team or the all-net team, and we got to travel every year around March, late March, early April, down to L.A. for the national tournament and play against all the other all-star teams in the nation, from Hawaii to Arizona to wherever. There was teams from all over the country that used to come play NJB, and fortunate enough for me, the majority of the NJB teams that I played for were really good. We were really elite at the NJB level. And I, the same as you, thought I was a really good player because of it. Obviously, on the blacktop in the neighborhood, any kids in my, that were my age, I 
was pretty much better than at school when I played there. This right. is the only competition that I was able to level myself up with and against to see how good I was. I was the better player on the blacktop. I was the better player at school. I was the better we I played for majority better teams. I got two national championships playing in the NJB tournament, right. the national NJB tournament. And I was fortunate and I was grateful for all those opportunities. But I'll never forget not only that but the following year, so that was our seventh grade year, mm-hmm. we played against the Houston Hoops and they tore us up. The following year, oh. the following year, we came right here to the hoop in Beaverton. Yep. There's a President's Day, a middle school President's Day tournament that they do every single year. And we play Team Phenom. Team Phenom. Asadita still, I believe. Yeah, yeah, and it was coached by, he played for Toronto. Antonio Davis. Oh, Antonio Davis. He coached Team Phenom. Yep. And it was crazy. We were like, these are like our first two big national tournaments on the AAU circuit, where I feel is the best level of competition for these young kids. By far. By far. And when we went, so our first national tournament smoked by 40 against the Houston Hoops. Our second one, we come out here to Beaverton, Oregon. We called it Portland back then because we didn't even know where Beaverton was, being from the Bay Area. (laughs) But now I remember, like, I went to Damian Lillard's camp just last week at the Hoop, and it it blew my mind because I'm like, man, I remember playing here over 10 years ago or about 10 years ago, and I had no idea that I'd be living out here and working in radio out here and going to college, going to school out here. I've refereed games at the Hoop since I've been living out here in the last three years, and it was just interesting. It it just took me back down memory lane. Like I remember on the main court, as soon as you walk in, it was a jam-packed gym to see the Houston – I mean, no, not the Houston Hoops, Team Team Phenom. Phenom. Torches. Absolutely torches. Nobody came to see us play. And why did we have to be the first game – of the tournament that or the first team of the tournament that had that they had to play. That was our first game and it was their first game. <laughs> Absolutely destroyed us. They ended up going to the championship and they lost to uh, uh Tony Roden. Tony Roden uh, Seattle team, Rotary. Seattle Rotary style. They they ended up losing to them. But that was when it clicked for us like, okay, we gotta we either gotta get better or our parents ain't gonna be spending no money to be sending us to Las Vegas Portland, coaches included, Las Vegas, Portland, you name it, all the places that we were going out to play. So we actually figured it out. We figured it out. We figured it out. We When we were in the ninth grade, and I'm, we're taking y'all back down memory lane, but it's all due to this subject right here on AAU basketball. By the time we were in the ninth grade, we were solid, you know what I mean? And we had some good players. We were all from one local city, and we, we, we had – some some of our guys, all, majority of our guys ended up going to play basketball in college. Uh, we got one, Robbie's playing out in the Philippines professionally right. for Team Pacquiao. Tremaine was a phenomenal point guard. He ended up playing Division One football at the University of Oregon. We had some solid athletes, you know what I mean? I played college ball, you played college ball, Frankie. The list goes on. Most of our guys were able to play at the next level after high school, which, like I said, I think is a huge accomplishment. Definitely. Especially coming from one local city where majority of the elite AAU teams were able to recruit 
from all regionally over the country, or really. even nationally. Team you know Phenom what I mean? was a mix of all top the best 20 players, players in the country. Yeah, Matt all Carlino, all of those guys. So regionally right. or nationally, and we were in the Bay Area. So guess who else was in our backyard? The Oakland Soldiers. They were able to recruit. Now they got majority of their players were the best players from out of the Bay Area. Really good players, but they could still sprinkle in a. Nick Johnson. They could sprinkle in uh, Kyle Wilcher. Yeah. They, you know what I mean? Stanley Johnson. Stanley Johnson. They could sprinkle. LeBron James once played for the Oakland Soldiers back before we even were playing AAU ball right. back in the day. So that just tells you how prestigious that Oakland Soldiers program was. We ended up becoming somewhat of local rivals for the Soldiers. We were one of the few teams that could ab- that could actually compete with them. Were they better than us? Yeah, <laughs> they 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 were better. They're more talented. They got a lot of guys playing in the NBA right now as we speak. But those same guys were they respected us because at home there wasn't too many teams that they could play in their age group that would compete with them and challenge him. And we actually beat them a couple times. They beat us more times than we beat them, but we were one of the few teams that could actually say, man, we beat them. And to this day, we're still cool and we're still close with all of those guys. We still keep in touch because we all came up together in the basketball industry. Now, this brings me to want to talk about sponsorships because some people say, matter of fact, before I even talk about sponsorships, let's just stick to the game of basketball. Let's not even bring the companies into this. Let's stick to the game of basketball because many people argue that AAU allows players not – it teaches players how not to play ball. And it teaches guys – it doesn't teach players how to play defense. It doesn't teach players this. It doesn't teach players that. It spoils these kids because of sponsorships, things of that sort, whatever, whatever. And now we're seeing some of these kids literally being breeded up by these sponsors. You got kids that's playing for Adidas AAU teams right. that's going to end up playing for an Adidas college. And if they're fortunate enough to make it to the NBA, guess who's gonna who they're going to be signed by? Adidas. You got LaMelo Balls playing for the big ballers. They Fortunately for him, they got their own brand. His family right. has their own brand. And you've got He's going to be big baller when he goes to UCLA, and then ultimately he'll be big baller if he ends up making it to the NBA, which I think he could. He's got the talent. Too. He has the talent, definitely. But when it comes to playing the right way, yeah, when you got a lot of these star players, when you put a bunch, it's like watching an NBA All Star game, right? Yeah, NBA All Star games are not played the right way, but they're hand picked, selected players that play for these NBA All-Star teams. Now, usually when you watch those games, they're not playing any defense. They're not playing this. They're not playing that. It's lazy, lackadaisical, or guys are just extremely good and they make the game look a little bit too easy. Exactly. And I don't really like that about the NBA All-Star game either. I'll be 100% honest with you. I, I would rather see these teams match up and really play their hearts out like they do all throughout the season. But where I think it doesn't hurt is the fact that, for one, it teaches you, yeah, there's a whole bunch of guys out there better than I am. Yep. So if I don't get in the gym and get myself right, I'm going to get left behind in one way or another. Right. And it also keeps you in the gym. Now, 
When it comes to keeping you in the gym, I'm also a guy who was who growing up, I was a three sport athlete up until pretty much I was in high school. I chose to play basketball from there on out. But growing up, I played U-Triple-S-A travel baseball. I played five years of Pop Warner football. I played NJB. I played AAU. I played for my middle school teams. I, I did all of that. And now I will say, I think three sport athletes or multi-sport athletes, being a multi-sport athlete is better than burning a kid out in one sport. That's a true, true statement. Because, because I feel like being a three-sport athlete or a multi-sport athlete helps you with your coordination in so much many more ways outside of what it is that you do for your specific sport. So I think that ultimately helps you out in the long run. But everybody's not a three-sport athlete. Everybody doesn't have a passion to play three sports. Some people just want to only go play basketball. And I'll tell you this, if they're the high school season is only so long. From for high school, your average season is from November to February. Right. These kids need to, and not only need to, they have to be in the gym when they're not playing from November to February. They have to. And not just training. They need to get game reps. They need to play ball. It's not an NBA season where they're playing from October to at least April or June. And not only that, they're playing 82 games in a year. That's a whole. That's enough games in, in a year, if you ask me, right. to be able to go out and train with the best trainers in the world, by the way. You know what I mean? It, it, so you can't compare that level to the NBA because in the NBA, their treatment is much better. They're much better as players, so they can afford to be able to go train in the offseason because they're that elite of players. But these kids need to be playing. And I don't care if it's the right way or the wrong way because eventually it will get exposed. And if you look at high school, high school competition is nowhere near as good as AAU basketball. Also, the coaches a lot of times don't know as much as the AAU coaches because the AAU coaches have players who go to the NBA, who play Division One, who go overseas. So... They know what it takes to get to that level. And they say defense is not an AAU. Well, if you really look at it, they look at potential. Potential is one of the biggest things when it comes to basketball. They see what a player have and see how they can make that player what they want him to be or to make him a better player. So, yes, LaMelo may not play as much defense, but I'm sure when he go to UCLA, they're going to put it in his head that he has to play defense. Yeah, and 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 and. And he's going to have to adapt or die. And uh, and he now knows that in AAU that he he knows the word. You think LaMelo Ball does not know that the word is out that he doesn't play defense? Oh, he knows. I mean, (laughs) there's a video of his dad chewing him out about defense. It's it's crazy. Like, they know that he doesn't play defense. He knows he doesn't play defense in AAU. But I don't think it's – for some, it may be creating habits. Sure. Whoop-de-doo. But I think AAU still has many more positives than negatives because they are playing year-round. Like you said, you're playing against better talent. Also, every kid has dreams of going and playing Division I basketball. Every kid has dreams of going to play NBA basketball, quite frankly. Majority of these kids won't see their reality. Right. And at your high school, you don't really get the real opportunity to – Kind of have your dream crushed. And I'm not trying to sit here and sound like a dream crusher because I was one of those kids who had a dream of playing NBA basketball. Quite frankly, 6'4", not super athletic, playing a big man, playing a center all my life 
was not going to help me to become an NBA player. Right. I didn't know that back when I was playing, when I was being stuck down low because I was the biggest player on my team. Exactly. Had I known then what I knew now, I'd have been playing point guard since birth. Because <laughs> <laughs> I would still be considered an average size point guard if I played in the NBA right, right. now. So had I known that, it's a difference, but it brings you to reality because you're going to go out there and play against these guys who actually are getting scouted. And you'll be seeing guys getting recruited, and it's a harsh reality, but you know what? That's sports. That's sports. Sports is sports brings out character. Right. Sports reveals character. So it'll reveal if, you know what, I come here to this AAU tournament. I'm seeing these guys getting recruited out here in Las Vegas. I'm seeing LaMelo Ball and Zion Williamson, two D1 guys, two guys who could potentially go to the NBA. I don't want to, you know, put it out there too soon on right, them. Right. But they've got NBA potential. At the rate that they're going, don't be surprised to see them playing in the NBA one day. You go out there and you watch these guys play, and then you kind of sit back and think. We used to go out there. We'd go watch the Oakland Soldiers play, mm-hmm. and then we'd sit there and think they got – John Calipari in the stands, Coach K in the stands. They got all the big-time D1 coaches in the stands. And if you go to one of our games, we don't have none of those people in the stands. We may have a couple D2s here and there. Right. We may have this. Those guys already know who they want and who they're targeting. And the reason why I say it reveals character, because you will either – Get your dream crushed because you see Calipari watching LaMelo Ball or we used to see Calipari watching Jabari Brown and Brandon Ashley and Kyle Wilger and not watching us when we competed against them all the time in our own backyard. But now that we're at these big national tournaments, we're not seeing that. And we could have just gave up on the game. Right. We could have just gave up on the game of basketball. But – our love, our passion, the way we felt about the game of basketball. We just wanted to play and continue playing. I went the JUCO route. You went the JUCO route. I I was able to go from JUCO. I went from AAU high school ball to playing JUCO to playing at Pacific University. And you know what? I am beyond grateful for my opportunity to be able to stick it out, to stick with it with the game of basketball. Although I came to the reality during those AAU tournaments that I wasn't going to the NBA. Right. I came to that reality back then. I'm not yeah. going to the NBA. Yeah. Like, we, yeah, yeah. You figured that out early. <laughs> you figure it out then. <laughs> but where I say it reveals character because was it going to stop me from playing the game of basketball? No. No. And I feel like if there's kids out there that goes to watch LaMelo and those guys play that now realize I'm probably not going to the NBA. It's not however many thousands of people in it. The police don't have to clear our game and and say if our game isn't over capacity and if we can play or not. But if you continue playing, that's where the true character is revealed in sports. That's where you're fortunate enough to get opportunities and go play college basketball and still be able to travel and play ball and go move to a different region and get an education. Even in my in my personal case, I got an education. I played ball. I went to school for general media, and I was a basketball player. Guess what I do now? I'm a sports radio personality. So you know right. what I mean? Something which is a dream job. Shaq is a sports radio personality. Gary Payton is a sports radio. You name it, the list goes on of ex-professional players who are Hall of Famers now that are media personalities in sport. And I'm still able to 
live my passion. Although I may be living it through watching and even talking about players and what it is that they do, I'm still able I was still able to find a career in what it is that I do. Right. And that I've grown up knowing and what I've grown up loving and I can continue to do that throughout my career at least up to this point right now I still got a job so (laughs) (laughs) but but even still like I credit a lot of that to playing AAU ball because it taught me a lot and it allowed me to say you know what I was able to find a benefit out of the game of basketball outside of my dream of going division one or playing in the NBA and with AAU I think it definitely opened up a lot more doors than it does high school you know what I mean you get to play in front of a lot of more colleges and and also for me, I met some of my best friends through AAU. You Absolutely. Know? You meet a lot of your networking when you get older and who you remember from AAU and who you play with or just simply who you played against. You know, um, it's a good networking tool. It's also you get to travel the country. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's a lot of things outside of just basketball that AAU brings to the game. Yeah. Hey, like you said, you get to travel. I would have never I would have never got the opportunity to go to Las Vegas before turning 21 had I not played AAU basketball. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I wouldn't have the opportunity even in my field right now in sports media. I am able to I have a lot of connections in this field off of people I know. Majority of it was because familiar faces either we know each other from being able to play with or against each other or we know the same people because your friend is so and so and I used to play with so and so right and it's all so it all pays off so much more than just a game of basketball and quite frankly I don't think the game of basketball has gotten any less competitive I think we're seeing some of the best basketball players that we've ever seen right now yeah, AAU playing. has progressed but look at the game of basketball in itself. The NBA is not the same as it was 10 years ago, quite frankly, or five years ago. Or even 20. And and with that being said, you know, you always hear the arguments about toughness and this and that. You have yet to see guys. And you know what? I think that sends a message as well. I mentioned earlier, growing up, I didn't play AAU basketball earlier on. I was playing NJB, and I was the biggest guy on the team, and I was getting stuck down low. So I – Growing up, I built the skill set, had great footwork. I built the skill set to be able to play. I specialized in being a post player. But if you look at the game right now, Kevin Durant is 6'11", shooting threes and doing what? And crossing cats. And crossing (laughs) cats. If I would have knew that back then, I would have been trying to tailor my game to do the same thing. And maybe I could have went D1. Right. I I won't even go as far-fetched to say the the NBA, but maybe D1, though. Right, yeah. So it's, it's a lot more that AAU basketball teaches you outside of just playing the game or it's messing up the game. And you know what I noticed, Bounce? What's up? The old heads cannot just comprehend, understand that the game is not going to be the same. So you saying the OGs is the ones doing all the complaining about this? It's always OGs. (laughs) Look look at Charles Barkley. Charles Barkley, he cannot understand that the game is not a down-low game anymore. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not a down-low game anymore. And, And even with that, though, I and I don't get me wrong, I got respect for my elders. I respect my OGs. I take what y'all got to say and I listen. And But quite frankly, it's a new day and age and it's a new era. And y'all style of going out and playing basketball was at the park in the neighborhood. Right. And quite frankly, mine's was too. I was One thing I dislike about just not even AAU, but just the times today is that 
technology has ruined the experience of going outside every day. See, that's what you can blame kids on. Technology yeah. definitely does. Yeah, it. that that's ruined it. But but even still, even with that, technology does that. But it's also ruined it the way that maybe some of the older people know how to play the game and how they were taught to play the game. Right. Because you're seeing video game characters do these different things or you're watching your Steph Curry's, your KD's, and people do stuff out there that is just something we've never seen before. Never which seen I think it. is I don't think it's no worse than what we've ever seen before. I quite frankly think they've got a whole lot of talent to be able to do what it is that they do. Just as much talent as anybody we've ever seen play the game of basketball. Maybe a little biased because I'm 24, but quite frankly, I don't care. And it's going to be hard for me to for you or anybody to convince me to say anything different that what we're seeing is K- in KD and what Kevin Durant is able to do in the NBA, we've never seen that before, before I was born and after I died. And you can keep <laughs> going and naming people like the Greek freak. Like, we ain't seen yeah. no 6'11 who can handle the ball. Never or, seen it like or that. Or Steph Curry who's shooting from half court. Exactly. We, we've never seen it like that. But, but even still, I do miss the experience of, even seeing kids in the neighborhood just being outside, right. playing ball. And I think that does have some effect on how the game is played, and I think it has some effect on some of the value of the game. But even with that being said, the advantages that there are to the game of AAU, the experiences that these young kids get to go out and see, travel places that they probably wouldn't have never traveled before, you do get slapped in the face of, with, of reality like I mentioned. We used to go see some of our guys who we watched play right in, their own ba- in our own backyard, who we played against and competed with right in our own backyard. And they were big-time players, national players, rightfully so. They were darn good. They were damn good. And and we used to go support them because, like, man, these are folks from back home. We out here in another region. Let's go watch them play. And right. they're playing in front of Calipari and 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 Jim Beheim and whoever else is out there. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And it was dope. But it also hit people like us with the reality of Calipari and them ain't at our games right now. Probably, probably never will be. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we're playing them again. They were not at our games right now. So. That's just kind of my spiel. And then even with the uh, with the corporate side of things, it is interesting to see the game. What is changing is how these sponsorships and these corporations are so heavily invested into these kids. And in some ways, I do think that's a little bit of a disadvantage for kids being kids. Right, yeah. Because they are it's, – it's, it's a fine line because – in a lot of ways, you just want to allow kids to be kids. Live freely, have fun, enjoy what it is that you do. Mm-hmm. But in other ways, they're also learning the business and the corporate side of the world because that's how much these corporations are investing in youth basketball and AAU basketball. As Afer mentioned, you've got these corporations like Adidas. I saw a tweet that was saying, oh, it's Adidas versus Big Baller brand because Zion Williamson was playing for oh, an Adidas-branded yeah, exactly. team and yeah. LaMelo was playing for the Big Baller-branded team. And it was just interesting to see, like, man, these big corporations are considering themselves to be playing against each other right now. Like, they're competing against these against each other right. through these kids right now. Exactly. And so that part is crazy to see because it's like now these kids don't even know how to filter the difference between just going out and have fun or 
kind of looking at themselves as a business entity. I mean, if you look at it, Nike has a, a, a league in AAU. Yeah, the EYBL. E- yeah, the EYBL, where it's strictly teams that are sponsored by Nike. Yep, and then you got Adidas. They're doing the Adidas Uprising right. for these young kids, exactly. Adidas Uprising. Uh, Under Armour, I'm pretty sure that I don't know what Under Armour has in particular, but I know Nike and Adidas. We we grew up on Nike and Adidas, and I'm sure Under Armour has something too. Yep. And I'm sure let LeVar Ball succeed the way I would like him to. He's probably going to have a big baller league one day too. He already got an AAU team. <laughs> I, can see, I can see the big baller brand really expanding and getting big. Yeah, it, it can happen, and it's going to take a whole lot of time for them to get as big as Adidas. Nike, yeah, Under Armour, yeah. Adidas. If Lonzo continues to stay on the right track. Nike, Adidas, or Under Armour may be buying them out pretty soon. Well, I seen what I seen uh, Levar say that if the price is right, he Lonzo can go. Absolutely. Now that was his whole point in this big baller brand situation, and he's still gonna have the big baller brand because he still got two more kids. Uh, you know what young. I, I kind of compare it to? So when like when you have a restricted free agent and he goes out and and. You know, they can match any offer, but he's going out to meet with other teams so he can get paid on his team. Right. Yeah, or or yeah. if not, he's still getting paid. Hey, exactly. Regardless, it's to get paid what he feel like he deserved to get. Yep. And so what he's doing is just super smart. But these corporations, like I said, it's just interesting to see how this is just all a business. Adidas is playing in the Adidas and Adidas Uprising Leagues. Nike has the EYBL, the Elite Youth Basketball League. And, I mean, these kids in these championship games are being – the Soldiers just won that Peach Jam this year. Right, yeah. Uh, in the EYBL. And those games are being broadcasted on ESPN and ESPNU or ESPN3. So it's crazy that these kids already have to look at themselves as items when it comes to playing sports. Mm-hmm. That part I don't necessarily like as much. I like the kids to, to have fun and be free, but – the way that the world works today, it's kind of inevitable not to be able to learn that you are a business item. You are a business mm-hmm. entity. You're being looked at. If you're that good of a player, you're, you're business for the rest of your life, yeah. at least the, the rest of your basketball playing career, because that's just the way things work these days. So it's unfortunate that kids have to go through that kind of a filtering process and that even has to be something that that they that's another burden or a weight that they have to bear or carry. And as kids, you really don't want to see them have to do that. Right. But the reality is it's happening right now, today. And it's, it's a, either you get with it or you get lost. Lost in the sauce. <laughs> you get with you it. You choose. Again. Yeah. So next I want to talk about, we're going to keep it on this basketball subject for a little bit longer. And then we're still going to cover some more of this uh Mayweather and McGregor politics that they got going on. But since we're on basketball, we'll keep it here. I want to talk about Kyrie and LeBron. I need to know what you think, Rod. Uh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised at this. When you have a superstar that's playing with LeBron, I can just I can see it being hard playing with him because he's not only, you know, the face of your team, he's the face of the NBA. So you can imagine his importance on your team and, and the focal point of your team. So – you know, regardless of how good Kyrie does, it's going to go back to LeBron. LeBron, 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 LeBron. Kyrie has his ring. So, I mean, that's the ultimate goal when you play in the NBA is to win a championship. He done that already. So now he's only 25 years old. If you really look at it, no team has made a move to beat the Golden State Warriors yet. And so 
for him to go to another team and start his own team, he's not really looking to go to a good team. He named four teams, the Spurs, the Heat, the Knicks, and the Timberwolves. And so um, he's not going to the Spurs or Timberwolves. I can tell you that right now. So he's probably going to go to a – if they do trade him, they don't have to trade him. But if they do end up trading him, he's probably going to go to a rebuilding team, which is actually I think is a good idea for him. For the next two, three years, it's going to be straight Golden State Warriors. If he goes to a team that's rebuilding and they slowly rebuild and they get you know some draft picks, some free agents, then they can turn into the Golden State Warriors where he's still the focal point and the main player. Yeah, and you know, it's it's interesting. I got a whole lot of respect for LeBron James. Growing up, I was a Kobe Bryant fan. Still think Kobe Bryant is better than LeBron James, quite frankly. But as I continue to watch the amazingness and the and the greatness of LeBron James and how much influence he's been able to have on this league, he's one of the most powerful athletes I've seen. And then outside of what he's able to do on the basketball court and what it is that he's done on the basketball court, he the way that he gives back and he you know he he supports social issues like he he stands up for social issues I should say and the way that he's just he does for his family and his right. friends and he's building businesses and he's building within his team and he's putting his people on I respect all of that about LeBron James but the reality of it is LeBron James can be rightfully so but it's still the reality he can be somewhat of a diva when it comes to the NBA. Here's why I say rightfully so. I don't necessarily disagree with LeBron being just that. But if you look at sports stereotypes, we always like to look at people as beasts or savages or hogs or ultra competitive or this, that, and the third. LeBron James is all of that. He's all of that. I don't care how you slice it. I don't care how you look at it. The dude is all of that. But he does go against the grain from the norm of just focusing on going out there and playing ball. I don't have a problem with him doing it, but it is still the reality. He doesn't just go out there and play ball. He's the GM. He'll switch from team to team. He's so good that if he leaves one team and goes to another team, he's going to make that team so much better. He's so good. You know what I mean? He's, he's almost the he's, coach. He's, he's the coach. <laughs> he's the GM. He, that's why That's why he's having a power struggle with the owner, Dan Gilbert, right now, who's not the greatest owner at all. And I don't mind LeBron going up and doing that. But the reality of it is, he still has an effect on all of the other guys on that roster, Kyrie Definitely. Irving included. Right. And when you're on the same team with LeBron and you're playing with the guy that with that much power and that much magnitude and can carry that much weight in this league, it's not going to be the easiest thing to do for guys to be able to play with you, especially when every time or some of the times at least when you face a little bit of adversity and you go through something, you switch up from team to team to team to team. Right. He's, he's went from Cleveland to Miami and Miami back to Cleveland. Now he went to go – he skipped the ESPYs to go watch Lonzo Ball play in the Summer League. Lonzo Ball had a hell of a performance that game, but the reality of it is the very next week LeBron – James's agent was reaching out to the Lakers because he's possibly considering leaving next year. Exactly. So when you're putting that out there, when you're putting your teammates in this position to where it's like, okay, we lose LeBron, we're definitely not going to be a championship contender. 
I'm Kyrie Irving. I already got a ring. I'm very, very good. I'm 25 years old. I still got a lot of money to go make. Let me go see how really good I am in this point guard-driven league, which I am, and I have to take some kind of a secondary because I'm playing with the best player in the world who's also a point forward. Let me go see what it is that I can do by myself where I can also get paid more. I can really see, you know what I mean? I can really see my greatness amongst all of these other point guards in the league, and I can just expand everything about myself when it comes to the game of basketball and all that I've worked hard to be, to be as good as I am right now today and to continue to get better going forward. So I'm definitely not surprised by it, and I'm not blaming LeBron, but he has to be able to take some of that blame himself because he's put himself in a position of power, and he's, I wouldn't say abused that power, but he's definitely asserted that power in ways that has affected others, teammates, you name it, coaches, you name it. And like I said, it's not abused because in a lot of ways, I agree with what it is that LeBron James is doing. Definitely. Hell, hell, if I had that same power, I'd probably do the same thing. Yeah, I would too. (laughs) You know what I mean? If I had that kind of power, I I would probably do the same thing. I, I love what he stands for. He's a phenomenal player, but you do still affect the other guys in that locker room when you make some of the decisions that LeBron James has made. And and if you look at it, it's it's frustrating, I feel like, if you're a player that thinks you deserve to be a focal point as far as what LeBron is. Not necessarily on the same level, but, I mean, he wants to be a leader. And also, LeBron is very critical. If you watch him in his games... He talks a lot, which he's supposed to. He's the leader. He's the captain. But, I mean, if you go back to last year's finals that they won, Kyrie, if you looked at his last three games on the comeback, he put up just as good enough numbers as LeBron. Just who are you going to give the MVP to? LeBron or are you going to give it to Kyrie? And, you know, that's an easy decision. And so, and if you look at the four teams that he named, two of them are in very big markets. New York Knicks, Miami Heat. Right. He, I think Pat Riley might do it again. <laughs> he, he, hey, it, it ain't hard when you're in Miami. Yeah, it is a lot of petty gossip. It's a lot of petty gossip and petty, a petty gap back and forth going on. Yeah, Stephen A. LeBron said he's going to beat his ass uh, yeah. if he was next to him. Come on now, <laughs> what? It's a lot of pettiness <laughs> attached. I, I, Kyrie Irving unfollowed LeBron James on Instagram. Like, y'all that's reaching. petty. Yeah, y'all yeah. Reaching. Now y'all reaching. That, that's a bit petty now. That's a bit petty. They're saying that he's not talking to the Cavaliers organization right now. Yeah. Yeah, and, well, and Kyrie, and to his credit, he's out in Asia right yeah. now doing a basketball can, tour. Can we remember he's overseas? He's right overseas. Now? He's not even here right now to be for people to be reporting on what it is he is or isn't saying. That's not saying nobody can get in touch with him, but everybody seems like they they have something to say on. Kyrie's feelings or whatever the case may be because word is definitely getting back to him out there in Asia but he's not here right now right he's not talking to us right now so when he gets back let's talk to him and see what he's talking about but yeah I'm not mad at Kyrie Irving for wanting to leave and try to you know maximize his potential as a point guard in a point guards league as a player and just you know trying to go out and be a leader instead of a sidekick to a very good LeBron James, a very great LeBron James. But you still, LeBron, you still have to understand. And, I, and I'm not saying he doesn't understand, but the reality of it is LeBron has the power to affect other guys in the locker room in ways that they don't have the power to affect him. Exactly. And, and when that's the case, other guys are going to 
do what it is that they have to do to get to another level, to get to mm-hmm. a next level, to be able to play ball the way that they want to play ball, at least make the attempt to play ball the way that they want to play ball because LeBron has had the freedom to play ball in whatever way he wants. So lastly, we got to get back to this McGregor Mayweather thing because it's a big deal right now. Oh, it's a huge deal. It's a big deal right now. You got we talked a little bit about it last week. You know, it's a lot of uh talking going on between the two. Right. And you know, you got two of the most entertaining athletes right now in what well, I'm saying entertaining, but you got two of the athletes who are considered the best entertaining athletes and their money shows for it. All the people tuning in show to their fight show for it. And just everything about this is showing. It's another fight. Uh, you got John Jones and Cormier uh, in UFC. That's right. supposed to be like the biggest fight coming up in, in UFC. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I don't even know what to say about that fight. Who cares? Because May- Mayweather and McGregor are fighting on August 26th. Nobody even cares about this fight that's getting ready to happen. That's I supposed might, to be the biggest fight in the sport. I'm gonna look for where I can go watch the game. But if I, I mean the, the fight. But if I don't even find somewhere, I will buy it. I, exactly. But this is what we've got to talk about here. Okay. Because I work in I work in sports radio. And I'm in a position where I'm. I would watch. I'm gonna watch the fight too. Let me be honest with you. Here. I'm gonna go watch the fight. But I also believe what I believe. I feel the way I feel. I support what it is that I support. And even right here on this podcast, we talk a lot of politics. We talk about the political aspect and the political climate of sports. And you've got two guys. You've got two guys because it's not. J- Am I going for Mayweather? Honestly, absolutely I'm going for Mayweather. Right. Do I think Mayweather's going to win? Absolutely. But last week we talked about kind of the race aspect in this fight. And, hey, call it what you want. I'm fitting the stereotype. I want Floyd Mayweather to go out there and win that fight. Not because I'm racist. <laughs> Not at all yeah, because I'm yeah. racist. But the reality of it is I can probably – I can and and not the and I'm not talking about all of the bad things, but I can relate more to Floyd Mayweather than I can to Conor McGregor. And it, it's just just reality. Uh, it's of just it. the reality of it. It's not me trying to be racist or 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 being stereotypical, but it does go to show that that factors into this fight, whether we like it or not, whether we want to admit it or not. I'm going to sit here on my podcast and be the first to admit the reason why I'm probably going for Floyd Mayweather over Conor McGregor had probably has something to do with race, although I'm not being racist and attempting to cheer for Floyd, for Floyd Mayweather. It's nothing wrong with that, though, because you see Pacquiao fans. It's, it's the culture. It's the culture. It's the culture. Or they, any any Mexican fighter, they are very, they stand behind their fighters. Right. And that's just reality. You're going to that's who you relate to. But here's the thing. There was an article, there was an article written by Sarah Spain. And she was saying her the article is called Are We Going to Go On Validating the Degenerative Mayweather McGregor Trash Talk. And she mentioned a lot of things. She mentioned um, uh, she mentioned McGregor and she says, she says, she quotes what McGregor says. And he said this, 
A lot of the media seem to be saying I'm against black people. That's absolutely effing ridiculous. Do they know I'm half black? Yeah, I'm half black from the belly button down. (laughs) (laughs) And just to show that that squash, here's a present for my beautiful black female fans. Mm, 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 mm. Now, Mm. no, 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 and no, no, and no. As a as but as as two black men right here sitting on this podcast with black mothers, my case, black daughters, right. In this case, right now, you got two black men, (laughs) and we're sitting on this podcast. It's very very hard for us to even halfway agree or believe or not feel some type of way about what Conor McGregor said right there. Yeah, that's very, it's no respect there, you know, and And it's, I don't want to call it racist, but you, you can't say things like that. And that's why, and that's why I wanted to admit my, where I fall short in being a Floyd Mayweather fan. Right. Yeah. Because Floyd Mayweather has also Done many things wrong. He's been accused of domestic violence. Right. I got a lot of important women in my life. I will never be somebody that agrees with domestic violence. It's just not me. It's just not me. So I can sit here and talk about my racial, my racial side and my racial aspect of things. But Floyd Mayweather also is guilty of some things that I just strongly oppose. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. definitely. But I'm still not going to sit here and take, what Conor McGregor had to say lightly, regardless. Yeah, I'm yeah. just not going to do it. Feel like it's, it's, he's making fun of it, you know. Like we animals. Yeah, yeah, like we animals. Like we flat out. Oh, all you got to offer to our beautiful black women is is what you got between your pants. Yeah. Oh, come on now, I, man. And, 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 yeah. and quite frankly, everybody, every black man ain't ain't that big down low. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, I I'm not. That's not to say I'm checking out nobody's packages back down there <laughs> because I'm absolutely not. But <laughs> It's the reality. It's the reality. But the reality of it, I bet you some of these women could tell you that, though. <laughs> yeah, they could tell you. <laughs> Maybe, I'm not even going to go there. But um, some of these women can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's not, it's, not a, it's not a thing. No, that doesn't make you black. That that And that's another thing that, that made me mad. You know, you're not half black because of, of your body part down low. Yeah. Is that what you think black is, is that's what is important about us? That's what makes us special? No. No. So it's it's a lot of things wrong with with that aspect where she's saying are we just going to keep supporting this and and quite frankly America it's sad to say but that's what excites people. Negative. Negative it drives us. Yeah. And 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 you know it's interesting because You can. That's why this is why I love this podcast. This is why I love when we talk about these kind of things, because it's a reality. And regardless, it needs to be talked about Sports Center from ESPN Sports Center. They tweeted out today, according to a survey, national anthem protests were the top reason NFL fans watch fewer games last season. So basically. The protest that Colin Kaepernick started, somebody who I am a supporter of. Right. I'm an avid supporter for Colin Kaepernick. I feel like he stands for the right things. I feel like he didn't do anything wrong. I feel like there are a lot of black men that are being killed for absolutely zero reason by police officers. 
That doesn't mean that I think all cops are bad. I got I know some police officers. I you know what I mean. Right. We had a basketball coach that we grew up with that was a post police exactly. officer. Great man, did a lot for us growing up. You know, I know police officers. All police officers aren't bad, but the reality of it is when you do see black men getting killed that look just like you and I, it's hard to be able to cope with police officers and what it is that what it is that they do, especially when it's getting publicized exactly. to the magnitude that it is. The reality of it is I get probably a little bit more nervous than other races do when I'm being approached or pulled over by a police officer. Never been accused of committing a crime. My record is scotch free. It's, 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 it's squeaky clean. Right. But for some reason, I feel like when I'm getting pulled over by a police officer, I'm on probation or parole or something. Start sweating. I got to do my P's and Q's. <laughs> P's and Q's. I don't know what's going on. Do I call you sir, and, mister? What and do I quite say? Frankly, and quite frankly, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. More times than not, when I've gotten pulled over by police officers, I got away with absolutely nothing, not a ticket, not a citation, not being arrested. I've never been to jail. I've got away with just completely everything, which also gives me a lot more of a reason to feel some type of way when I do get pulled over or approached by a police officer, because it's like. You let me go, and I'm appreciative of y'all letting me go, by the way, police officers, whichever one of y'all are listening to this podcast. If you ever decide to pull me over again, let me go again, because I'm not trying to go to jail, nor yeah, am I not, trying to pay not a, at all. a t- <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality of it is, it's like that. I've been pulled over more times than not and got away with I got a driver's license. My license is good. I'm 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 good. My I'm, I'm good. A car registered. All the whole. I'm mm-hmm. I'm good. But more times than not, I've been pulled over by a police officer, and absolutely nothing happened because I was squeaky clean, and mm-hmm. I didn't fit the stereotype of oh this black. What is this? african-american guy doing wherever it is that i'm at and i didn't you couldn't you couldn't find anything on me and and that goes to show that they didn't pull you over for a specific reason they just wanted to see what's going on just what's going on that's it what you doing and and it's crazy that i've had to experience that myself as an african-american man but back to the article that sarah spain wrote and back to this tweet that was put out by sports center today I agree with Sarah Spain. She argued she made these arguments in the cases of Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor saying, are we really going to entertain this? Are we really going to support this? Because there is a much deeper issue at hand than just these two guys saying what it is that they're saying and us being okay with it. Right. In this case of Colin Kaepernick, I'm an avid supporter for what Colin Kaepernick did. They're saying that ratings dropped because of what Kaepernick did. What now Kaepernick all of a sudden can't find a job in the NFL. I have some conflict there. I have friends. I have people real near and dear to me, real close to me that are living a lifelong dream of all of us being able to play professional sports. Being able to play, you know what I mean? Being right. able to play in the NFL, that's a blessing. That's a dream come true. We grew up playing football. I grew up playing Pop Warner. To see these guys being able to do that is crazy. I, I watched the game majority of the time just to see my folks. Exactly. I also happen to be from the Bay Area, and we come from one of the wildest, most loyal fan bases there is in the Oakland Raiders. The You know what I mean? The black hole, mm-hmm. Raider Nation. That's one of the most loyal fan bases in sports. This has been a huge part of my life. 
I like I said, I played Pop Warner football, and quite frankly, I'm also a sports radio host. So right. I have to sit and watch these games and support these games and watch these people and everything. You know what I mean? And it, because it's my job, I get paid to analyze and talk about these games five days a week when football season is, comes around, obviously. But still, right. this is my job. But being somebody who supports Kaepernick, and seeing that Colin Kaepernick no longer has a job in the NFL, and then you read that tweet saying that ratings dropped because of national anthem protests, Mm -hmm. it is very conflicting for me to have to support the NFL, or it's also very conflicting to me to be supporting this Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor fight because my beliefs are going against what I know. What I know is entertainment what i know is sports what i know is football right. what i know is boxing what i this is what i know i work in this field and i work in this industry so it's something that i just want to talk about because i'm not going to sit here and act like i'm not guilty of being one of the people who is probably going to watch this fight right but i yeah. also want to be i also want to admit that I do have a problem, which I want to admit that she has a very valid point, mm-hmm. and I want to admit that I'm kind of somewhat a part of the problem. Right. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's tough to admit. It's tough. It's yeah. crazy. Like, like America, that's football. Like, NFL, like, I've been watching the NFL playing Madden all my life. <laughs> all life. You know what I mean? I got friends who I've seen lives changed. Their yeah. lives have completely changed, and I and I couldn't be more happy for them because they're playing in the NFL now. And a lot of people that come from where we come from don't get that opportunity, even the most talented ones, very talented ones. Right. You know what I mean? Exactly. They don't get that opportunity. And like I said, this is all I've known. All I've known is being around sports, watching sports. Talk When I'm around my friends, we talking about sports or we playing sports or I, I got a game tonight. I got a, you know what I mean? I got right. a, yeah. it's a basketball game, but still I got to like, I, I work in sports radio day in and day out. So it's very interesting to me because it's something that does need to be talked about right. and it needs to be acknowledged for myself included. Mm-hmm. And so it's it, it's just interesting, man, because like I said, I, I support Kaepernick and what he stands for. I support black women. I don't support him saying what he had to say about being black from the belly button down. I don't support that. Not bro. at all. You know what I mean? But I am still guilty of being one of those people that's probably going to watch that fight. And so I'm, I still can't even sit here and just vow to you all that I'm going to protest the NFL this yeah. year. <laughs> but. Your beliefs is there. You know, you my, know, you know what you really feel about the situation. Yeah, I do. But at the same time, it's like I said, and this is good. This is a good discussion for us to be having because it's going to it's opening up my mind as I sit here and yeah, talking about right, it. Yeah. And I want it to open up other people's minds when they sit here and listen to what it is that we're talking about, because there is a much deeper importance than the game of football. A very much. deeper. There is a much deeper importance than a fight between Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather when it comes to the and listen even when it comes to both of them I'm 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 a pretty forgiving person I've done wrong in my life they're doing some wrong in their life quite frankly I think the NFL is doing absolutely wrong 
by not giving this guy a job. I think Colin Kaepernick is still a capable enough quarterback to it's 32 teams in the NFL. He can at least be a backup. It's, yeah, he's better than majority backups. By a long shot. By a long shot. <laughs> I mean, too. you know what I mean? So it's it's just it's just interesting and it's something that I want to talk about. And I and and I want to be transparent and say that. It's hard for me to sit here and not say that I'm a part of that I'm not a part of the problem because I am because I probably will be watching this fight. Right, like I said, yeah. granted, granted, my job. This is my job too. But even still, even deeper than my job, even deeper than all of this, I'll probably be watching this fight. I probably won't boycott boycott the NFL this year. Although this is wrong, man. There's a lot of this it, is it's wrong. Very wrong. It hurts him because you you have a black man who who is protesting. A peaceful protest, you know. A lot of times, you know, they like to point out the the people that's on the streets tearing things up and, and the violent protests. But this is actually a peaceful protest, standing up for what he believes in. And he's already ex- explained that he's not disrespecting any veterans or anybody in the service. And now he's out of a job because he's standing up for what he believes in. I thought that's what this whole America was about, you know, having the freedom to stand up for what you believe in. And now the man is out of a job. And like you said, I'm still going to watch the NFL. It's it's tough, man. It's tough. And and like I said, in, in our field, we got to we, – we talk enough about everything else that's going on that sometimes we got to evaluate ourselves and what right. it is that we do too. We can sit here and give and dish out our opinions on LaVar Ball, LaMelo Ball, Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather – LeBron James, anybody, we can sit here and dish out our opinions on all of these things. I, I mean, I, I bring, I've brought on on this show. You know, I, I bring activists onto this show, and I believe, I believe and agree with a lot of the things that they say, which is why I bring them on the show because I think more people need to hear what it is that's going on. You know what I mean? But I got to be honest with myself too. And I got to be honest with everybody else. And I know that I know for a fact, I'm not the only person that's dealing with this issue. Right. Yeah. I know for a fact, I'm not the only person that, that supports Colin Kaepernick, but is not protesting the NFL. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean? And, and it's, and it's just something that I, I wanted to be transparent and have this discussion. And I don't, necessarily have the answer <laughs> it's tough because oh, you know i just don't like it's the reality of it i don't have the answer right now but i'd rather talk about it and put right. that out there because maybe somebody that's listening can give me the answer or maybe i can get them to think about the reality of this whole situation right now and what she was writing in this article it's tough because i'm gonna go with the nfl we Protesting, protesting the NFL would be really protesting the GMs and the owners because those are the people that make the decisions of who gets to play on their team. Absolutely. As far as the NFL and the NFL games, they're entertaining. And we like the players. We like, we like And the majority of them happen to look just like you and I. Exactly. But the people that we really want to protest and the only way to hurt them is to stop watching it's a clear conflict. It's a, it's, a, it's a clear conflict. So it's like, what are we going to do? Focus on the importance of seeing our young brothers. Because like I said, you look at the NFL, you look at the NBA, those two sports in particular, majority black, majority African-American players out there. Right. Your best players are probably African-American too, by the way. Exactly. Um, the only position that isn't is the quarterback. That's 
what a coincidence that the quarterback position is the only position your leader on the field and your league exactly. guy in the in the position that's most protected too. And, and quote unquote uh, have to be smart. Smart is <laughs> your quarterback. Right. It's all it's a lot that goes into this and that's and but that's what this conversation is all about. It's about waking up and it's called wake up and win because we want to wake up and figure out a way to win. Even if we don't have the solution to win right now, let's at least be awake to what it is that we're doing and what it is that we're supporting. And maybe going forward, it will be on our conscious. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? It will be on our conscious going forward and we'll work together and figure out things on how to attack this issue or how to make the change and not only make the change, not only talk to talk about the change, but quite frankly, how to be the change exactly. and seeing what it is that we want to see because young black brothers getting killed by the police is a hundred times more important than us watching our folks getting down in the NFL. Exactly. It definitely is. And in the way that we change, it, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, it takes time. But the first step is, like you said, is to be aware of the problem. You got to be aware of the problem because there's a problem at hand. There's when I saw that tweet, it was crazy. I saw that tweet. I read this article uh, last week when I when I first seen the article. It was last week um, that Sarah Spain wrote, and it got me to thinking. And then today, as I was going to go have lunch, I follow Sports Center on Twitter, and when that tweet popped up, my mind just kind of started racing, like man. She talked about that fight. Like I said, I got women close to me in my life, near, very near and dear to my heart in my life. You know what I mean? Black right. women, too, by the way. And yeah. even I'm a black man. And that belly button down comment was not cool. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and laugh that off like it was cool. But I'm still probably going to watch the fight. Right. You know what I mean? Floyd Mayweather. I'm going for Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, probably because I'm black. I can relate a little bit more to Floyd Mayweather. But I'm totally against domestic violence. All the way. But I know I'm not the only person having this issue. Now I'm thinking about Colin Kaepernick. Like I said, you and I, we got folks really near and dear to us that we love and that we're seeing them live out their dream that we grew up with since knee high to a gnat. We've grown up with these guys since we were so young, and they're living a dream for us and and for many other people that we grew up with. Right. You know what I mean? It's hard to protest the NFL when you do have such a close connection to the game like that. Mm-hmm. We've got to figure out a way to separate the two, but it's never going to happen. Yeah. So we have to figure out a way to either be all the way here or all the way there because you're never going to be able to separate sports and politics for these reasons that we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's a tough one. It's yeah. It's tough. So we will next week. I'm gonna come back with a solution. I'm at least try to, but it's something that I wanted to bring up and talk about because it's it's an issue that I have personally, and I I know I'm not the only person with this issue, and I'm gonna be transparent enough to come out and say that I have an issue with this. Like I said, it's my job. It's what I'm passionate about. I'm so passionate about sports. I'm so passionate about football, boxing, basketball, you name it. This is what I love. I, it, I've been around it all my life. It's what I've grown to know, and it's become a part of me. Right. But there are still issues that are much deeper than me being a lover of the game or me being a lover of sports. Like I said, I'm so passionate enough to the point I got a career in this field. I'm a sports radio host, a full-time sports radio host, and a 
in a pretty nice size market. I'm very fortunate, grateful, and humbled by the opportunity right. to be able to be just that. But this is something that needs to be talked about. So for any of you out there listening, feel free to reach out to me about it because it's a conversation that I would want to have with you if you might have a solution. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's Even something. if you don't have a solution, right. I don't want you to feel like you're the only person dealing with this conflict. And a lot of people out there may not even know or realize that this is an issue that they're dealing with Honestly, right now. I mean, I, I know it was an issue, but now you brought it aware to me like, dang, I am part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. I've been thinking about it all day. Like I said, I when we came in and talked about the podcast, that tweet hadn't even been released about Colin Kaepernick yet. I, I, I sent you over that article. You know, we knew we wanted to talk about AAU with us being AAU ballers and all of that kind of right, stuff. Right. We knew we knew we wanted to talk about Kyrie and LeBron and all that. But when I saw that tweet and I looked and I reread that article, I already felt some type of way after reading that article the first time before I even sent it to you. But when I thought about the two, I, I really sat there and thought about the two and Something's got to change and something's got to be done because there's things going on in this, in this world right. that's much more important than supporting the Floyd Mayweather, Conor McGregor fight or even supporting the NFL, quite frankly. But it's still hard. It's and hard. I'm not going to sit here and act like it's not hard for me to do. <laughs> so it, feel free to reach out to me at Poundsation on Twitter. I'm not going to sit here and give you all my phone number. So if you thought that was going to happen, <laughs> you thought wrong. But you could DM me. You could tweet me. You can do whatever. But I, I really want this discussion to be had amongst a lot of people out there because it's a big deal. Very it, big it, deal. And it's a bigger deal than some of us realize. And it's a bigger deal than... You know what I mean? Some of us don't realize. <laughs> you know? Because the change that we need, is, it's not going to be for us. You know, it's for the future. It's for the future. You know what I mean? We can selfishly look at it because, like I said, I'm, self, I'm selfish. Yeah. I, I, I'm se- I selfishly watch the NFL because I love the game of football. Like I said, I support my folks that play in the NFL. I, I, so I, I work in sports radio. Is I'm selfish. This is my career right here. But... It's just it's just something to think about. It's just something that many people should start thinking about and waking up to because we got to stay woke, people. So with that being said, that's right. You know what I mean? I appreciate you, as always, for coming and joining. And I appreciate you bringing me on. And uh, indeed, indeed. And we'll be back here with it next week. So uh, before y'all, you know, get on up out of here, before I get on up out of here, I should say, I will leave y'all with one piece of advice, which I always do, and that is to stay woke and go in.